In the dead of night, as people sleep, that is when the spirits creep. As the bell tolls three, dark things take power. We like to call it the supernatural hour. Hey, welcome to the Supernatural Hour. I am your host, Raven. I am Chad. And we have with us... Hey, it's me. It's Castle, and I'm back. There's not a damn thing y'all can do about it, except for maybe turn off the podcast. No, let's no. not do that. Let's, let's not get extreme. Quick mute. Quick mute. <laughs> it's already started. Yeah, we're glad to have Castle with us. It's been a hot minute. We're glad you're back. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Yep. So that's what happens when he's your little brother. You can just call him and say, "Hey, get your butt in the podcast." And he says, "That's true." And he says, "Okay." <laughs> can I? Do, do mom and dad listen to this? They don't listen to this, do they? I don't think they listen to this. No. Okay, I have to tell you the funniest thing. Okay, we when I and when I say we, there's uh, me, my sister, and two brothers. And we did this re- recreation photos for our parents for Christmas. You know how you get a photo when you're little and you redo it, but you're big. I don't think I have ever laughed so hard in my entire life. Oh, it was good times. That was hilarious. And I think the funniest thing, I have to tell you about our dad. He's, we love our dad. He's amazing. But he had brain surgery in about 1991, and it really affected his short-term memory. So long story, but he was there, and we weren't too worried about it because he doesn't remember it. Uh, he'll forget it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's already forgotten it. But he didn't quite understand, and, and my dad is very intelligent. This is just because of the, the brain surgery that he had. But um, He's also elderly, too, on top of that. Yes. So there's a, so there's a second layer on top of the brain surgery. Yes, there's, there's a couple layers there. Yes, and he has got less, had more memory loss over time. At, right after the surgery, he did quite well. Yeah. And, yeah. and for quite a while, but the, the time has been... Has taken its toll. But I think the funniest thing is some of the pictures we recreated, you know, in our childhood home, and, and he was there. And he didn't quite understand what we were doing. And so we had these weird looks on our faces. And he kept looking at us and he'd say, you look weird. Smile. Smile. Look happy. I just, it was, it was fun. If you've never done recreation photos, grab your siblings, grab, you know, friends, whoever it is in the photos, go redo them. It's, it's a great time. And honestly, I think the best part was is our little brother in these photos was a baby. And Deanne was holding this baby. And so watching Deanne hold a grown-ass man <laughs> in her lap was kind of hilarious. Well, see, there's there's four of us. I, I think it's fair to say I'm the littlest of the four. And I think our youngest little brother is the biggest of the four. <laughs> and, yeah, it was it was a treat. So, you know, since I was the oldest, I was holding the baby, you know, in every photo. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to be squashed. <laughs> All yeah, right. It was fun. It was fun. Okay, sorry. All right, for the business, which is brought to you by Castle Photo Art. Hey, what's that hey. Castle Photo Art thing? 
That is a bald, handsome man, a very handsome man, if I might add, uh, who is also a photographer. Um, no, uh, I am Castle Photo Art. Uh, it's a side business I have. Uh, in fact, uh, I usually do maybe a photo shoot a week, um, but I do engagement photos, wedding photos, family photos, headshots. Um, it's fun. We. If you hire me to do your photos, we have a good time. We laugh. Uh, my prices are reasonable, and uh, you'll like what you end up with. You really will. We actually need to reschedule you for um, Wisp personnel photos again. We need to do Ooh, that. I've again. got some fun new uh, editing techniques too that I have specifically thought would be really fun with uh, shooting the Wisps and Supernatural Hour crew uh, that I think you will like. Awesome. We'll cool. get that scheduled. And is there a Castle Nature Studio component of this also? There is. Uh, so my websites are castlephotoart.com or castlenatureart.com. Now, the Castle Nature Art is where my true love is. Um, so I do the Castle Photo Art, uh, is, like I said, as a business. Um, I also do the Castle Nature Art as a business, but that is more prints, wildlife prints, uh, nature landscape prints. Um, so if you're looking for fine art photos to hang over the fireplace mantle, uh, castlenatureart.com is where you want to go. Um, and if you don't see what you want there, if you have a specific shot in mind, um, reach out to me because I've actually got a lot of stuff that I've not posted there yet. Um, you can also check out my Instagram, which is uh, castlenatureart, uh, so castle underscore nature underscore art. You can see some of my shots there that uh, I've posted. I'm always posting new material there as well. Uh, and then Castle Photo Art um, is my other Instagram, and that's my family photos, my headshots, weddings, etc. Uh, if you want to see that work. Very cool. All right. So from a business standpoint, uh, Paranormal Investigations, the, the par- paid ones, the ones that we do through Advanced Paranormal, we are on a hiatus until January. We're planning some things starting January to kick back up, but with... Thanksgiving and the holiday seasons, Christmas, New Year's, uh, this is a good time for us to take a little bit of a break. We had a really, really busy October. I still haven't recovered from it. And <laughs> You know, when I used to go full-fledged uh, with Advanced Paranormal Services, I remember October, I was usually exhausted by the end of October. There was very little downtime. It was go, go, go all month long. Absolutely. And that's how it is. So we're on a little bit of a break, although we do have our 200th supernatural hour episode coming up and that will be probably in the first part of february we are um currently working on our plans for that we're going to have an exciting episode and if it works out it's going to be out of state it's going to be on scene and i'm not going to tell you where but i will tell you that we have done a podcast about the place that we're hopefully going to be that's all i'm going to tell you so it'll be fun. Sounds like fun. Castle, I'll, I'll text you later. <laughs> Excellent. And we want, oh, that was a little loud. Sorry. And. <laughs> yeah, should have oh, seen. My ears are bleeding. <laughs> should have seen Raven's face. Like, well, alrighty. Um, we oftentimes do an insider of the episode. This episode, we're going to do the insiders of the episode because we don't have that many insiders. And I wanted to give a shout out to, to each and every one of them. Yeah, and I think we started doing the insider of the episode and then we talked about it and then I think we forgot it for about six or seven episodes. So, so this is a catch up. <laughs> we'll just do everybody. <laughs> so we got Lizzie. We've got Sherry College Relitter. 
We have Ember. We have L.A. We have Stringfellow Hawk. We have Samara. We have the Fosters. We have Noel. And we have Hailstorm. And we're grateful for all of their contributions. They really help us out on the podcast and with all of the things that we're doing. So big shout out to all of them. We really appreciate their support. Absolutely. And if you aren't an insider, you really should uh, join. You've got some really fun perks. We have an amazing, I mean, just coming to the insider picnic and investigation is worth it. It is fantastic every single time. I love it. Yeah. And even at the the initial $5 patron on that, you're invited to the to the patron insider event. With guests. The thing is, was with the whole insider thing, if you don't want demons, that's how you get the demons is by not being an insider. So exactly. I'm just going to put it out there. Ca- Castle <laughs> knows that from experience. Because <laughs> the demons are going to come get you. So, again, thanks, patrons. We really appreciate your help on that. If you're not a patron and would like to sign up, you can go out to uh, patron.com Supernatural so. Hour. Or you can just go to our website. There's a link there, too, isn't there? Yep. Advancedparanormal.com and a link site. So as far as residentials, uh, we haven't had any residentials, which is probably kind of good in a way because Raven has not had a chance to recover from October yet. But um, if you do have something in your house, you need us to come check it out. Don't take what I just said as don't call. Please call because we'd love to come help you. That being said, I did get an an email from a gentleman um, that has... He must. It must be a duplex that he owns. I, I messaged him back. I haven't heard yet. But he says that there is documented paranormal evidence there. So hopefully we'll be going and doing those to um, residences soon. And when we do, we will tell you about them. And you did have quite an involved quote phone call here not oh, too long ago. Yes, I was just sitting there thinking there was one other thing. I don't remember. So, you know... Ever since we've done WISPs, we have done, and, you know, Advanced Paranormal, we have done one, what we call a library presentation, which involves going to a library. Wow. I know, really unique name, huh? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who'd have thunk? And these are really fun. These are probably one of my favorite things to do, but we we go through a PowerPoint, um, do a question and answer, and it takes about an hour, hour and a half, depending on, you know, how many questions get asked. And then we do a a very abbreviated investigation just to kind of put into play the things we've talked about for the last hour. And every single, anyway, this this year we did four. Um, So that was one reason why we were so busy. But you always meet one or two people that, you know, you just really kind of connect with. And this one lady that um, we connected at one of these presentations actually called me yesterday with a lot of questions. And I was able to talk to her for, what, about half an hour? Mm Mm-hmm. And answer questions. And so, you know, that's one of the things we really enjoy about this is just being able to help people and answer questions and, you know, resolve a few concerns that she had. So that was, that was. Um, yeah, the, the mission of apps is paranormal uh, education and entertainment. And again, the, the kind of the mission of WISPs is to be able to help people with issues and problems that they have in their homes or businesses to help uh, resolve issues and make it so they're not afraid. But you know, apps is education and entertainment. Right. So Which I know is why we uh, created both of those is to kind of separate them because we don't want there to be a confusion uh, between the WISPs and the apps because 
you know, we've had the events in the past with apps where, you know, it's a ticketed event and people have to purchase tickets. We don't want to confuse people that they would have to purchase tickets or purchase the services of WISPs, which are always and have have always been a free service. Right. That's one of the things we describe in the in the uh, PowerPoint. In the PowerPoint is why do we have three logos? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> because if it wasn't confusing enough, we will make it well six logos. <laughs> We're going to throw a logo here just because we can. No, you know, one is for tax purposes, and you know, like Castle said, one. And the way we describe it, if if you're new, haven't listened to us for long, advanced paranormal services. We invite you to us, and you know, we have you buy a ticket to help offset the cost of the venue. And WISPs is when you invite us to your house, and that is always free of charge. So that's it for the business. Yep. All right. So what are we talking about tonight, guys? Tonight we're talking about Men in Black. And we will discuss the movie a little bit because we have to talk. Well, and I know there's You mean like the documentary? The documentary, yeah. There's like three or four <laughs> of them. How many are there? Are there four now? There might even be five. There's a lot. I'm of the mindset that usually after the first one, just stop, please. I mean, it depends. I don't know. There's been some shows that have had excellent sequels, but they're few and far between. Right. Like the like the very latest Ghostbusters that came out. I loved that one. Have you seen that one yet? I've seen the newest Ghostbusters, and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was much better than the all-female cast one they did, which was kind of cheesy and terrible. Amen. Thank you. Um, it was. It was horrible. Yeah, it was It was not good. Because of that one, I was very skittish to go to the, the newest one, but the newest one was fantastic. We actually All had... Right, so there are four Men in Black movies, for the record. Okay, awesome. The Men, first Men one... Men in Black, Men in Black 2, Men in Black 3, and just to make things mix things up, we did Men in Black International. Ooh. I think I've only seen the first two. Yeah, I've seen the first two, too. And then I ooh, first two two, and then I I lost interest. Yeah, because I just started getting weird. But the first one was really fun, and my favorite line from the first Men in Black movie is Egger in the Egger suit. In the Egger suit. And then when when Will Smith says uses his putter outer, what is that? That's your Harry Potter reference of the episode. Um, the the flashy thing to erase your memory. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's telling the the lady. And you got to get some new curtains, because damn, I love that line. <laughs> that is the best line in that movie. All right, so anyway, um, we're, we're not necessarily talking about the movie Men in Black, although we will reference it um, a lot. Uh, the idea behind Men in Black is, hang on. So kind of the idea of, of the of the movie Men in Black comes from a genesis of some real things, some comic books that were done before, and and some other things. But that's you know, it wasn't the movie, and then things happened. It was things happened, and then the movie. Right, right. The movie was you know spawned off of of folklore and hearsay. When I say folklore, you know, urban legend. Um, but there are a few things that people said. You know, I think there's a thing. And the origins trace back possibly, I mean, we're not sure if it's before, but kind of the ground zero that we know of is June 27th, 1947. And it was because of a man, a boy, and a dog on a boat. And that almost sounds like the punchline to a joke. 
Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? <laughs> you know, a Catholic, uh, the Protestant, a and, and a, a rabbi walking walk into a bar. bar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With a boat. On the boat. Okay. It's a bar on the water. I'm just kidding. Okay, we digress. Um, so... So basically, men in black are described as wearing black suits, hats, sunglasses, driving black cars. Again, think the movie. Think Will Smith. Um, what was the name of the other guy? I love him. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Yes. Okay. So wasn't so, he M? I think so. Yeah, I forget their letters. Anyway. Anyway, so I mean, totally think them. Okay, FBI looking. Um, some say that like real men in black have strange appearances. Um, like really odd complexions, glowing eyes, or other supernatural features. Some say that they're actually shape-shifting aliens. And if you've seen the movie Men in Black, that kind of makes sense to you, right? If you haven't, this is not a spoiler because that movie is like super old. It's like from 1997. So do not email me about spoiling the movie that's a bazillion years old. <laughs> I think that'll be our thumbnail. We'll have spoiler alert on the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for heaven's sakes. If we talk about a movie that's older than two years old, it's not a spoiler. Okay. Documentary. Um, And just keep in mind, UFO hunters and men in black are different. They're not the same thing. Who's who's the guy with the crazy hair? Papadopoulos or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to look up his name. The ancient aliens guy? Yeah. They don't like the men in black because the men in black try to shut them down. So these aren't the same thing. Um, So the story goes, let's go back to the, the dog, the man, the boat the car, whatever. I am interested. Okay. So as the story goes, the the fellow's name is Harold Dahl. D-A-H-L. Okay. Um, He was on a... uh, Terrible name. (coughs) I'm Harry Dahl. (laughs) 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 Shape the damn thing. (laughs) Point to the doll where it hurts. Okay. Um, He was on a conservation mission in the Puget Sound near... Uh, Washington, Mary, Washington's Mari Island. And he was gathering logs, and he saw six... Uh, he described them as donut-shaped obstacles that were hovering about a half a mile above his boat. And they just kind of hovered there, and before long, one of them fell, um, and he's saying it's about 1,500 feet, and then it rained, uh, like, metallic debris, and his son was with him in the boat, and some of it hit his son. His son's name was Charles. Hit his arm, and it hit the family dog. And it actually killed the dog. The dog didn't survive being hit by this metallic um, debris. So Dahl was able to take some pictures of the aircraft with his camera, and he showed these pictures to a supervisor. And his supervisor's name was Fred Chrisman. And Chrisman was really skeptical, and he went back to the scene, and he saw um, some of these strange aircraft with his own eyes. He's like, oh, not only am I seeing debris, I'm still seeing some of this aircraft. So the next day, Dahl was visited by a man in a black suit. Um, and they go to this diner. And um, the man was able to tell in just minute detail what Dahl had just experienced. And it says... Um, this is a quote. This is a quote according to author Gray Barker's 1956 book called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. It says, What I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you'll want to believe. And that's what the man in black said to Dahl. Mr. Dahl. To Harry Dahl. To the Harry mm-hmm. Dahl. And Dahl was told not to speak of the incident. If he did, bad things would happen. 
Um, and so because of that and what happened, um, it's just kind of fueled conspiracy theories to this day. Um, but the U.S. government came out later and said, oh, no, you know what happened? There was a hoax. Um, and even Dahl and Crimson admitted it was a hoax. Um, <laughs> Under the threat of death. I know, right? But then you go, this is where the conspiracy comes in. It's like... But did they say it was a hoax because it was a hoax, or did they say a hoax because a man in black threatened them? Hence the conspiracy. Um, but it's just really the, the key obsession for everybody is this UFO enthusiast. Uh, it's just has spread into American pop culture. Um, and like Chad was saying, just you know, thanks to this comic book series and the men in black uh, movies, just in general. So when did this happen with Mr. Dahl? With Harry Dahl? 47, yes. did you say? Mm-hmm. It was June 27th, 1947, to be precise. That's Which is kind of interesting if you think about it, because that's kind of when the craze, the UFO craze actually started. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have, you just ended World War II. Um, you've got the United States government, you know, just coming out of this brutal war. Um, we're just starting to ease our way into the Cold War with Russia. Um, we've got a lot of crazy experimental technology that we're working on. You've got, you know, Area 51. Yeah, Roswell uh, had just happened or or would happen very shortly to the, closely a, to exactly. that. Exactly. And, and whether you believe in aliens or that the U.S. government's uh, experimenting with, you know, technology from Russian, or not Russian, German, German scientists, World War II, I mean, you know, at that point, the government's trying really hard to protect its interests. And so it's not really outside the realm of possibilities that they do have you know, and I'm using my air quotations here, agents uh, visiting people to encourage them um, to maybe recant their accounts of things they've seen, be they extraterrestrial or, you know, scientific uh, experimentation that they've witnessed. I I watched a very interesting YouTube um, video about that and some of the things around it, kind of that men in black um, you know, possibilities. And one of the things that they said was this could be literally a cover-up by the United States government trying to um, do a false flag or, you know, hey, look over here, look at the shiny object over here because we don't want you to see what's going on over here. That they they did that, the you know, where they say like Roswell was a hot air balloon, you know, for a weather balloon that they were doing experiments and things like that. But one of the things that was going on at the same time was many of these Nazi scientists had come over. I mean, literally hundreds had come over and were being integrated into the United States and the United States Science Services, um, um, what became NASA, you know, with, with uh, Werner von Braun and other people. And was this something to distract people into, you know, look at the shiny object over here and don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain kind of thing. Yeah, and I can totally see that. Yeah, and see, just with... I I believe that there are aliens. I really do. I just don't believe they have come to Earth as often as people say they do, if at all. So my my first knee-jerk reaction is that whatever's going on is more military. And I agree with, especially at that time, you know, with the, you know, especially the war was over, but the Cold War 
was just heating up. It was just heating up. And there's a, I mean, we we, um, talked about Chernobyl not too long ago and how uh, the USSR just really tried to cover that up until they just couldn't anymore. You know, until Finland calls them and says, uh, hello, we think your reactor number five just blew up. (laughs) Our fish have three eyes. What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) And they've got your signature all over them, your radioactive signature all over them. We can see your giant mushrooms from space. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I have, you know, no... I I have no issues with actual men in black, you know, doing some cover-up, whether it's, um, you know... things that they've done that have gone bad and they don't want people to know that they've gone bad or just things, you know, they've got experimental stuff up there and oops, someone saw it. Um, again, it reminds me of Harry Potter. You've got, uh, you know, wizards running around, obliviating people's brains so they don't remember that Ron was flying around in a flying car. Yeah, well, and I'll go with an experience that I saw. You know, we talk about UFOs and I've related this uh, in a previous episode but in the in the early 1980s, maybe mid 1980s, I was coming back from California, and there's a, a pretty good space um, on I-15 where there's a kind of a bluff, and then it goes down into a valley for several miles, and then back up onto another bluff, and it's you know just long and straight and everything else. And while I was down in that valley, three black supersonic jets buzzed right by like something i had never ever seen before and you got to remember this is early 1980s they were you know they were the um uh, the stealth fighters you know after the fact i'm able to recognize them when they went into the gulf war and the different things but at the time you know and i and i thought we're near nellis air force base we're near the proving grounds this is it is unidentified not necessarily from another origin, but that's the kind of thing that maybe, you know, and I didn't get men in black. I'm a, you know, a car on a freeway, you know, and what could you say? I mean, but there was an experience there. And so, you know, I've seen, you know, a a few things like that where I, where they're unidentified, but not necessarily of extraterrestrial origin. Right. Well, and UFOs aren't necessarily extraterrestrial. Wow, why is that well, so And I'm with Dan. I think there is a possibility of aliens. And I think, I mean, honestly, whether you're religious or not, I mean, why wouldn't there be life on other planets if there's billions and billions of worlds out there? But, I mean, the long and short of it is, I think the vast majority of it is probably going to be government experimenting with technology and things and just trying to keep people's attention diverted elsewhere and i think what better way to do so than little green men yeah and get everyone's you know and that was also the era of um uh well what was that like the war of the worlds when did war of the worlds come out war of the worlds in the early 1950s i think 53 the other one that kind of goes in there that i that i relate back to is the day the earth stood still um, where you had the the spaceship come down and the guy was monitoring, you know, and maybe that's what, you know, because the UFO, you know, phenomena picked up significantly after um, the atomic bombs. You know, are we now being monitored by, a you know, a, you know a, another intelligence of some kind? And it wouldn't necessarily have to be interstellar or interplanetary. It could be interdimensional. It could be coming from another dimension here within, 
within or you know on the earth is another possibility for kind of these ideas of UFO and that um, I'm kind of with you guys. I think the interstellar um, alien is possible but not probable because of the space and time of how we know it. And, of course, we don't know everything and people might be able, you know, other other races may have, you know, warp drives and things like that that we've, you know, dreamed up in science fiction. But, you know, at this point, we're not aware of any other, you know, civilization of any kind, let alone, you know, or life anywhere else, let alone interdimension or any any inter interstellar kind of flight with our physics doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Right. So just, um, I have two other stories about the same time. Um, one was exactly the same time, summer of 1947 again. And there was a private pilot named Kenneth Arnold. And um, he had actually heard or seen nine of the same objects that um, Harold Dahl had seen. And he was also visited by um, a man in a black suit who promised to harm him if he discussed his sightings of these um, objects. And he was in the Tacoma, Washington area. The The third story, actually, this is the most famous one, and it comes from a fellow named Albert Bender. And this was in 1952. Um, Is that wrong? I might have a hard time taking the name Bender seriously. <laughs> He's on a bender. <laughs> you know, I thought the same thing. <laughs> he is a bender. <laughs> and wasn't that the name of the robot on, uh, uh, what's the? Futurama. Futurama, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Bender, let me tell you what he did. In 1952. <laughs> I'm sticking that damn robot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's our thumbnail. <laughs> Bender the robot. Okay, so he created the International Flying Saucer Bureau. And he says that not long after he um, created this bureau, he was visited by three men in dark suits who threatened him with imprisonment if he continued his inquiries about UFOs. And they actually featured this account um, in a book by Gray Barker called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. And it's also mentioned in his magazine, The Saucerian. Interesting. Um, so Bender believed that the men that threatened him were part of the U.S. government, but explanations for men in black in general just kind of vary. Um, the distinction is made in UFO literature between men in black, lowercase, and men in black, uppercase. Did you know that there's a difference? No, I didn't. Can you explain uh, that? Castle, were you going to say something? I was going to say I did not know there was a difference, and then I was going to crack a really fun joke, and then I didn't have one, and so I just sound like an idiot. <laughs> uh. You know what? My my jokes, I come up with jokes. We will podcast. We will be done. We will put everything away. I'll be getting ready to go to sleep, and then I think of all these great jokes, and it's like, oh, I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a... My, my humor is a really slow burn, slow burn, slow burn. humor. <laughs> If you want, if you want humor, really, off the cuff, really slow. Hey, it's not <laughs> no, that slow. I mean, if you've already shut down the fire up the equipment, we got to record red segments. That's a slow burn. Oh yeah! If you want fast humor, I'm not your girl. Okay, so now I forgot what I was saying. Oh, lowercase men in black, uppercase men in black. So lowercase are believed to be human agents who cover up government secrets and are said to appear relatively normal. Okay. The all caps, which is usually abbreviated MIB, 
were described um, by a fellow named John Keel. He's a late ufologist, UFO, ufologist. Mm-hmm. It looks like urologist. It's kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I had to look at that for a minute. I'm like, a what? Never um, thought of the urologist. It's like, we're not talking about urologists this episode. So um, I did not know that ufologist was a thing. It is, apparently. He wrote a book that turned into a film called The Mothman Prophecies. But he, he describes MIBs, in all caps, as demonic supernaturals who behave in distinctly non-human ways. His accounts kind of date to the mid-1960s. They have very xenophobic overtones. Um, he describes them as having dark skin, exotic facial features. I could see a little bit of a stretch there with Slender Man, too, and some mm-hmm. of the, when you talk about the demonic entities. But it kind of gives me, um, oh my word, I can't think of anything tonight. Kind of gives me the vibes of Mike Myers. Mike Myers' spy Austin movies. Powers. Austin Powers, yes. It kind of reminds me of Austin Powers because he says, um, Bender wrote this rambling book about his experience, and the fact that it was described as a rambling book makes me sound like it's probably not very interesting. But he suggested that they that these men in black, these MIBs, were extraterrestrials. They didn't want their existence known. And they were accompanied by three beautiful women dressed in tight white uniforms. Now, does that not sound a little Austin Powery to you? Or Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I know, right? Bosley, Bosley, I'm going to put the thumb on you for uh, talking about <laughs> UFOs. I'm just thinking Austin Powers and the Fembots, you know, did these white dressed women, you know, machine, gun machine, machine guns come out of their boobs? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I watched another YouTube today, which was kind of interesting, and it was the correlation or the possible correlation between aliens and demons, which got very interesting. And what you brought up kind of fell into that that discussion and and that's why I'm bringing that up it was it was a very interesting on how again the idea of is this a false flag is this something that's set up uh, with the way that you know the demons lie about things and try to mislead and do things are they using kind of the UFO and the alien uh, phenomenon to to undermine um, religious behavior with the idea of oh there really isn't a god. It's you know, it's a, a an advanced alien race. It's this or that, and trying to get away from some of the Judeo-Christian and even you know Hindu-Muslim beliefs on on deity. That this may be a way for demons to try to false flag away from religious significance and spiritual significance, true spiritual significance to a secular almost scientific kind of an approach to things. It's interesting you say that because I've actually, I haven't like entertained that thought aloud, but I have entertained that thought before. Because uh, I've always approached the whole paranormal phenomena from a very religious standpoint, and I've been very vocal about that. I mean, you got type ones, which are just your spirits. You got your type twos, which are kind of like your malevolent human spirits. And you got your type three, which are demonic spirits. And, you know, I think you can all back those things up with scripture. But those type threes are deceptive. And I've always kind of wondered, I thought, how do aliens fit into this whole thing? And I do believe, like I said, I do believe in aliens, but I don't know that they're necessarily here, you know, abducting cattle. Although cattle are delicious, and if I was an alien, I'd abduct some cattle because they're yummy. Um, but <laughs> yes, they are. 
<laughs> that being said, you know, the false flag thing is kind of an interesting take on that because, you know, what better way to distract humankind from, you know, following a deity than to be abducting cattle and probing things and, you know, convincing people that... That it's something else? That it's make-believe. Right. Well, I'm going to hop on the on the little religious train here for just a second, but, you know... In the scriptures, it talks a lot about false Christs being in the latter days. And could this be, you know, one of those false Christs? I'm using air quotes. Um, you know, because people get so wrapped up in the UFOs and the conspiracy theories. So one of the things that was interesting in this UFO documentary with, you know, or demons and, and aliens, one of the things that they said is many of the purported alien abduction accounts, you know, when people talk about what happened to them and their recollections, many of them can be very closely assigned to satanic rituals on the things that are happening with people being abducted and the probings and the different things. And they went through a number of those kinds of things, which was kind of interesting. Again, that idea of, you know, is it actually a satanic paranormal kind of thing rather than an alien extraterrestrial event or experience? Right. One of the things that I found interesting is as I was reading this, it says, you know, the whole idea of men in black, and this is in uppercase, was accepted by a lot of people at the time, especially in the conspiracy prone UFO community, partly because just it legitimized what they said. You know, if they said, oh, I had this eyewitness account and men in black came to my door and told me to shush or or I would be, you know, hurt or, you know, imprisoned or whatever, it just would lend some legitimacy to their story. Because if it's bogus, why would the government have any interest in what they were talking about? You know. And if you said the men in white coats paid you a visit, well, there's a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we have other podcasts about that one. <laughs> Did they buckle in the back? Paranormal or mental illness? <laughs> So, you know, one of the things just kind of in conclusion is it talks about, you know, are any of these stories true? You know, it's it's possible, you know, that, that government officials could go and try to hush things up. I don't I don't doubt that at all. Well, I don't doubt they do it on stuff that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I mean, I'm sure there's different aspects Absolutely. of things the government's involved in that, you know, people start getting a little too loud than, uh, you know, an unidentified government agent, you know, comes and pays them a little visit and says, um you did not see us drilling over there. And if you did, then hmm, you may have another little visit that you may not, that your family and friends will put you in a milk carton. Exactly. You know, and it does say that it's really easy to hoax men in black, you know, because all you have to do is say, yeah, you know, I was out one night, saw a UFO, some men in black drove up, you know, told me to, told me to shush. But there's so many people that say men in black told us to shush, but yet they're, they're not, not shushing. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know about it. Um, and there's well, movies the thing made is, about it. Those, I'm sure that, A, some of those threats are probably a little bit hollow because I don't think the government is just knocking people off left and right. I don't doubt that it has happened. I don't doubt that it could happen, but I think it's not the norm. And I think just the fact that you say a man in black told me not to talk about it just automatically destroys anybody's credibility. In any day and age, I mean, if you go out and say, hey, I was out watering the dog and I got probed, people are like, okay, you know. Yeah, well, sure you... it wasn't a man in a white coat that was paying you a visit. Yeah, and um, when, you, when you say that, I think of the fellow in um, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about? I'm terrible with Yeah, names. Randy Quaid. Yes. 
Yeah, and, and he was telling people that, you know, he was abducted by aliens and getting probed, and everyone was making fun of him. And then later when the... He's like, I'm back, boys. Yeah, and later when the uh, uh, aliens happened, the same people that were making fun of him are, are going, and yeah, he told us, and, you know, he's awesome. And, yep. Yeah. Very so, interesting. Yeah, and it does say here, just in the in the article that I forgot to write where I got it from so I can't cite them. Sorry, this is not me, though. So if you're listening to this and you wrote this, I'm not taking credit for your stuff. Um, but it does say, uh, folklore from around the world often describes such figures as represent- representing Satan or other dark forces. You know, and we've discussed that a little bit tonight, but that still is a thing. But it does say men in black reports, by and large, over the last few years, have kind of fallen out of favor. And it might partially be because we're not doing the space race and trying to get to the moon before the USSR. You know, we're not having all of these post-war scientific things going on, and that might have been why. And maybe just, you know, the advent of cell phones where people can take pictures more and, you know, and videos, and there's just more presence in the world to be able to, to capture things like this. It's actually become more of a pop culture joke, Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality, too, is in an information age where anybody can hop on the internet and anybody can post anything on the internet, there's so many conspiracy theorists out there that with the advent of the internet, I mean, people pretty much cause a loss of their own credibility. Um, And so I don't think men in black have to lean on people because now it's just like, oh, he's on there with the 10,000 other crazies. Um, And so it's not quite as, I don't know, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Might not be as important to discredit them. They they discredit themselves, even though right. it may be real. They, when you got ten thousand other people on the internet talking about, you know, ten thousand other crazy things, having satellites to do mind control. Um, you know, what's one more guy who saw, you know, little green men coming out of a government spacecraft? Yeah, don't even get me going on what people will believe these days in politics. So just shh. <laughs> <laughs> some of y'all believe some crazy stuff. Let me just put it that way. And I think it's interesting because. If I just quote this this little article again, it says, let's see, be, uh, men in black have become something of a pop culture joke. What may have seemed menacing a half century ago elicits more than a laugh these days. At least that's what they want you to think. So maybe they are still out there. Maybe they just don't have to work as hard. Interesting thing about conspiracy theories. I mean, we don't know which ones are real, which ones are fake, but... Uh... I mean, I think a lot of people, myself included, take conspiracy theories with a humongous grain of salt. You know, like the World Trade Centers. Did we blow up our own trade centers? I don't think we did. But there's an awful lot of people out there who believe it. You know, and that goes with anything. Oh, yeah. There's there's going to be a conspiracy theory to anything out there. I mean, I don't know that our little sister listens to this, but we have a little sister who is very prone to conspiracy theories. And following her is entertaining in and of itself because of some of the stuff that she believes. Oh, I, I spent half my life... Oh. Talking people down? Talking my little sister and a couple cousins down off a ledge. Love you. <laughs> some of the cousins listen to this. Love you. But y'all have some weird... I- some of y'all have but, some weird ideas y'all sometimes. y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. Because <laughs> everything I believe is 100% sane. <laughs> And you run a paranormal podcast Shh, and a ghost hunting group. Shush. Okay. 
do we want any more on Men in Black before we move on? I don't have anything else on that. Castle? Do we know whether or not the black has got pinstripes? I think if it did, it would look kind of cool. Just just a thought. It is, from, no, it I, is, I it is the 1940s. I'm going to say in the 1940s, they probably had pinstripes. <laughs> That's not the way they depicted it within the Will Smith movie. It was all black. Yeah, but that was in the, like, the 1990s. One thing I want to just throw out there, I feel bad. I should have said this at the start, but I didn't. I was just so excited to record again. Um, we are missing Doc, Emmett, Rogue, and Jess tonight. Um, long story, we were supposed to podcast a couple nights ago. I had something come up. We had to reschedule it. So they're not here. Hopefully they will all be back next time. We miss them. We do. Even though I don't know who half of them are, we still miss them. <laughs> <laughs> well, our topic was brought to you by Oteos. I'm going to get a, an honest evaluation from Castle. What did you think of Oteos when you went? Um, I thought Oteos was awesome. Um, for those in the Utah County area, or even Salt Lake County area, or anybody willing to drive just a little bit, um, Oteos in Linden is fantastic. It's a Mexican restaurant, but it's not your typical Mexican restaurant. It's like chef food. It's like when you go somewhere and your food's pretty, it's like that. But it's like it's like if a traditional Mexican restaurant and a pretty chef food Mexican restaurant had a baby because you still get decent portions but your food is pretty and it's designed by a chef and it's absolutely delicious and it's completely totally unique it's not like uh, you know you go to a Mexican restaurant and you get your tostadas and your chimichangas and you got your burritos and your enchiladas no you go in there and they've got um, I can't even think of some of the dishes off the top of my head but I know that uh, I got a steak and it was phenomenal. What What are some of the menu items? Do you remember, Deanne? I don't remember the names of them. I just point at stuff and they bring it to me and it's delicious. Yes. It's, uh, it's one of those places. That's how my the brain works. Got like, the menu's got like eight items on it, but you honestly don't need more than eight items because the eight items they have are phenomenal. Right. If you're watching on YouTube, look above or look to your screen and we'll have a couple of pictures of a couple of dishes that they have. Right, and we ordered a, we ordered an appetizer and a dessert, and we know the owner. We've worked in conjunction with him on a um, investigation before, and we'd like to do that again someday if we can figure it out. But he recognized me, and he, um, he sent out the other dessert. He's like, "You got to try this dessert," and so he sent that one out to us, and they were both fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely loved Oteos. Anyway, so you got to go there. And it, they'll catch it by surprise because just, just to warn people, when you pull up outside, you're like, what? This is it? Because it's a small little place and it's not fancy on the outside. It's not even fancy on the inside. But the food is, like I said, it's awesome. And it wasn't that expensive. No. It was very reasonable. And like I said, it's like pretty chef food, but it's not like those pretty chef food portions where you're like... Where you have to go to McDonald's like afterwards to fill up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That was so pretty. That was good. Let's go out to eat now. Yeah, that was pretty, and it cost us eight hundred dollars. And now I need a Big Mac. No, it's not like that. You actually leave full. Mm-hmm. Excellent food. Yeah, Mosey and staff do a great job. With they that. really do. So, so go go support them. All right. So for our junk drawer. Oh. Not yet. I'm you're so jumping, I'm so excited. Junk, you're jumping the gun. I'm so excited. Couple of other things. I'm really excited about this. We just hit just this evening. 300 subscribers on our YouTube channel. And we have 2,200 on TikTok. 2,202 as of like 30 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't checked for a couple of days. <laughs> um, okay, hang on. We had 2,200, and then I looked, 
and someone left us twenty one ninety nine, and so How you, dare you? I know you might get haunted by a demon for doing that. But we're up to twenty two oh two right so now. So thank you for the new three people, and for shame the one that left. So honor subscribers for YouTube. If you haven't already subscribed, we would really appreciate your subscription. You can go out to youtube.com slash advancedparanormal and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That will really help us. It helps us with our metrics and our and the way that they um, promote our videos out to the general public That with people that uh, haven't already subscribed. It helps us get better coverage. On TikTok, if you can go out to tiktok.com slash at sign advanced paranormal you can go out and subscribe there and that's a that will help us also we appreciate that keep in mind that the men talked about commercially stuff and i was trying to get to a story so here we go are we ready for our story i like stories this is kind of our thanksgiving podcast as it were and so when i was looking for stuff for the junk drawer i thought i'm gonna see if i can find something thanksgiving-ish And so I typed in Haunted Thanksgiving, and then a bunch of stuff came up. I'm like, that has to just be like a whole episode (laughs) later. So I wrote those down, and then I typed in Haunted Turkey, and I got, these are some the 10 most haunted places in Turkey. I'm like, no, I wanted like a gobble-gobble turkey that was haunted and possessed or something, but no. Anyways, but um, I found one story, and it was fun, but it was short, so then I had to find... Another one. So I actually have two stories for you. Is that okay? It works for me. Okay. So the first one is called The Thanksgiving Ghost. Um, it's a spirit that haunts a railroad, railroad line in New York. So what happened, it was on Thanksgiving Day, 1902. A southbound train was coming up on Geneva, New York, and came upon the Marsh Bridge. And as the train approached the bridge, the engineer and fireman that were on board heard this piercing scream. And they looked up. And they saw this white figure standing on the east of the bridge just frantically waving its arms. So they brought the train to the stop. And as they, as it stopped, they heard another scream. And then the phantom that they saw disappeared before their eyes. Poof, gone. So the men got out of the train. They exp- inspected the track because they're thinking, you know, where did this person go? Um, nothing was out of place on the track. No signs of any persons or things, you know, animals nearby. So they started to cross the bridge, and they heard the shriek one final time. So, you know, it scared them. Um, they get back onto the train, they pull into the station, and they, they're they talking to the other rail, railroad workers, and they're, you know, they're like, this weird thing happened. And um, they learned that there had been an accident on the bridge years prior, and the engineer and fireman both died when the train went off the Marsh Bridge. Uh, the article said that the fireman's body was lost to quicksand and never recovered. And ever since the accident, a shrieking phantom is said to be spotted on the bridge every year around Thanksgiving Day. Stories like this, you always wonder, because we've talked about a few things with bridges and phantoms. You know, the point Goatman Bridge. We had a, a whole joke. bunch of bridge things. We had a whole bunch of bridge things. We had to apologize to our Patreons about <laughs> animal and bridge stories. Like, I didn't realize these all involved animals and bridges. So sorry. The person who kind of recounted the story said he started to think it was an urban legend, but he did find an actual event that very closely matches the details, which was on March 29th in 1873, a train left Syracuse, New York at 7.45 p.m. heading towards Rochester. Within a half a mile of the town of Geneva, the train ran into a sluice of water which had washed out the bridge. The train, the baggage car fell off the back, 
practically disappeared into the water, but the passenger car stayed on the track. None of the passengers uh, died. But the only people that were, that were killed and lost were the engineer and fireman. They didn't fall into quicksand, though. They were found a few days later down the river. So that ghost story could be true. No, it's interesting. Uh-huh. And a genesis for the the event or the thing that is being seen. Yep. You know, I'm kind of disappointed. You just don't see that many quicksand deaths anymore. You know, there's a meme that goes around that says, after watching cartoons in my childhood, I thought quicksand would be a bigger problem than it is. Uh, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, I was watching cartoons grow up and thinking, I really got to watch for quicksand. Um, <laughs> there just isn't that know? much of it around. And I was with the quicksand, I'm like, dang, finally. And then I'm disappointed to find out that it wasn't real. Yeah, I don't even know if I could tell you where there's quicksand anymore. There's some dudes anyway. in black suit up from my doorstep going, you will not talk about the quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one you will like. Well, I mean, hopefully you like the last one too. <laughs> what is happening? Is it, Dan, are you barking? Yes, it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. No, it's Buddy. That's Buddy. Sometimes he barks, sometimes he rattles. Today he's barking. We got Maisie downstairs hollering. She's a beagle, and she's hollering right now, and that's getting Buddy going. Yeah. It sounds like there's a whole choir of dogs barking Does outside. Does she fly a biplane? <laughs> no. No. If anybody wants a beagle, give me a call. Here's our other Thanksgiving story. Ready for this one? In Jackson, Mississippi, there's a neighborhood that goes by the name of Bellhaven. If you're one of our listeners and you live in this area, I need you to email me and tell me about this because it's fascinating. Um, there's something that is happening that's becoming a serious concern. And the serious concern is that bowls of mashed potatoes are showing up everywhere and nobody knows why. It's like haunted. Uh, because mashed potatoes are awesome. That's bowls why. of mashed potatoes. They really are. <laughs> and the more butter, the better. I'm sorry. Are they garlic mashed potatoes? That's what we really need to know. I think they should just add it in. You know, there's some dumb, like, uh, 16-year-old just, like, making mashed potatoes, and around just laughing his ass off because he's making mashed potatoes and it's making the news. Right. And Mom's like, what are you doing? I'm just making mashed potatoes. That kid really likes mashed potatoes. <laughs> okay. So it says, bowls of potatoes in a variety of forms have shown up all over town on people's mailboxes, cars, and front doors. So Jordan Lewis says, and he's lived in the area for years, he says, I walked outside yesterday morning at 7 a.m. I got in my car, and that's when I noticed a white bowl on my windshield. It was full of rainwater. I threw it away, and I was grossed out by it. Um, and Lewis isn't the only one. Michaela Lynn, another Bellhaven resident, saw a bowl of the goods in her mailbox. Um, she, and she started asking around, and she found out that um, everyone had been finding bowls of the stuff. She thought, oh, this is happening a lot. So they found them on their front porch. Um, one fellow named Sebastian, and I'm not even going to try his last name, said he didn't dare try the stuff for fear of being poisoned. And I'm going to have to agree with him. You find mashed potatoes on your, you know, If I find strange food on my door and I don't know who it's come from, I don't eat it. You know, there's probably some old dude with Alzheimer's going, I can't find my potatoes. He's been wandering (laughs) the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, he said, some people were thinking maybe the mashed potatoes were poisoned to kill animals. He said, I didn't taste it. I have a three-second rule, so I didn't touch it. What if it was only there for two seconds? Would you have tried it? I was going to say, how long do you know it was there? Right. 
Um, let's see. Yeah, most of the people think it's just a harmless prank, like you said, Castle, by some kids or some college students in the area. Um, but no one's figured out who it's done. Um, they've done a really good job of keeping themselves anonymous. Um, there's a radio station that says everyone's under the impression it's all good fun, so no one's called the police or gotten excited about it. And, and people are really funny because they have a really hard time keeping their mouth shut when they do something. Is that not true, Castle, from a law enforcement standpoint? Oh, why, yes, it is. People love to talk about the stupid stuff. Too. <laughs> yeah. So, but just to kind of give you an idea of this town, it says, so Lewis, the, the same guy that had the potatoes, says the neighborhood does a lot of quirky things. We decorate road signs. We put Christmas trees in our potholes. So bowls of mashed potatoes is not surprising at all. So when you eat your potatoes at Thanksgiving dinner this year. Think about what was the name of this town? Bellhaven. Bellhaven what? Bellhaven, Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. It's like an area. So just be glad that your mashed potatoes, you know where they came from, and you can eat them. <laughs> Locally sourced. <laughs> Locally sourced and well-known mashed potatoes. The Junk Drawer was brought to you by the Hub Theater, one of our friends. We've had some really good investigations there, and uh, Raven has done her Dead Talks Paranormal experience uh, presentation there. We did a couple of those in October, and we'll be going back probably the first part of the year uh, again as one of our investigations out there. It's a great venue and a great place to have meetings or events. And I'm going to throw one thing out there as we've been doing our Dead Talks, and if you've been to our Dead Talks, it's kind of been the same presentation for quite some time. We've changed out a few pictures, added a few things. But our next dead talk is going to be specifically on demonic possession. Ooh, that'll be interesting. So that sounds like fun. I've uh, dealt with a couple of those. Yes, you have. I, I will be consulting you for a few things on this on this dead talk. Um, I may invite myself to come participate. Excellent. I've got a question for you, Castle. I was not there. You can't prove anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were there, Radio Ronan. Oh, yes. I, I heard you did a bunch or uh, some things this October with Radio Ronan. I did. Uh, in fact, for those who are not already Radio Ronan listeners, we did some EVP episodes, two EVP episodes, in fact. Then on top of that, we also did a Cursed Object uh, episode uh, for their Patreons. <laughs> All three episodes were very good. We played some EVPs that some people probably heard who've been following the Supernatural Hour for a while, but we also played some new EVPs, and I've even got some newer new EVPs that nobody has heard yet that'll be coming out on next year's episode. But we also talked about Pumpo the Clown, which I know we've talked about here on past episodes. We talked about Robert the Doll, which I know we've also touched on here. For those who are interested in the paranormal and uh, supernatural, it would be well worth your while after you've caught up with all the episodes here to go catch some of those episodes there. And Radio Ronan is the platform in which the Supernatural Hour is also hosted. So um, we're right grateful there. for them and hosting the Supernatural Hour show. Anything else? I think we're good. I think we got it. Yeah, I actually listened to those episodes and they're really good. So, so go give them a listen. Stay spooky, my haunty friends. Hey, have a great night. Out we go. You've been listening to the Supernatural Hour at AdvancedParanormal.com. 
The Supernatural Hour is part of the Radio Ronin Network, found at RadioRonin.com. Copyright by Advanced Paranormal Services. <laughs>